Hey there, my name is Tyler Morningstar, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Carrie Morningstar. This is the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. This podcast is focused on all things real estate related in and around the Fort Wayne area. We'll also touch on some community events and some community outreach as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. I'm Tyler Morningstar with... Carrie Morningstar. And we are with... Century 21 Bradley, and I'm his mom. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't know, or if you're tuning in for the first time, this will probably be person number nine that's listening. We're real estate agents in Fort Wayne. We're doing a podcast that is real estate related, but also community related. So interesting real estate topics or things that are happening around the community that we think would be interesting to share. We're here today with my friend and my, actually my real life insurance agent, Joel Hyde from Colligan and Company. There you go. He's mine too. Oh, you, he is yours too? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're kind of biased today, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank, thanks for that $5, Joel. Hey, <laughs> you're doing great with claims, though. <laughs> That's right. All right. So we're going to jump right in. Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, please. Yeah, so I work for, and I own, Colligan and Company. We are an independent insurance agency. The three things we pride ourselves on is we are trusted. We've been in business for over 90 years. We're, we're local. We're from Fort Wayne. We have Fort Wayne clients. Our employees are all Fort Wayne-based. We say we're 260, not 800. So we're a local insurance company and we're independent. So we have multiple carriers that we represent. We're not tied just to one insurance company, but we have multiple companies that we represent. So if I'm gonna come and get a insurance quote for you, do you shop it to all those different companies? We do, yes. We have a variety of companies. We have five that we mainly work with that are our bread and butter companies. But we shouldn't yeah. be bringing up bread and butter. I'm hungry. I didn't have lunch today. <laughs> I don't either. I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> but we have access to yeah, hundreds of, of carriers. Okay. Let me ask the first one. Can you drop a client? And yeah. why would you? What yeah. would cause you to do that? Yeah. An insurance company can drop a client, mainly for claims. That's probably the number one reason that an insurance carrier would drop a client. Usually if they've had three claims in three years, then their likelihood of being dropped by a carrier is pretty high. Uh, But yeah, an insurance company can non-renew a client at any point. The other reason would be the condition of the home. Like the roof is leaking. Like there's major issues with the home, but an insurance company can't. Joel, that brings up a couple of questions I want to ask you. I've had people who said, hey, I can't get homeowner's insurance because my roof's too old. My insurance company won't insure it. Or I've got a big tree in the yard or the sidewalk or the concrete of the driveway is cracked. And the other one, too, is it's a good way to find out if a basement's had water in it because is this like the claims are general that any agent could look them up? Or how does that exactly work? Yeah, with claims, there's what's called a clue report. And a clue report is every insurance company has to report a claim to this 
bureau the the clue and so anytime that there is a claim colonel mustard i know i was thinking that too it's <laughs> like what the clue <laughs> anytime there's a a report made then it's, it shows up on this clue report and so any agent can see if there's been a claim on a property or individually does it matter the dollar amounts of the claim? Like if, let's say a seller had a, a water damage in their basement, it was $40,000 mm-hmm. and they said it was fixed. But when they go to get insurance, they see that there was a water claim and that insurance company says, hey, I'm not gonna insure that. Is that because some insurance companies already paid a claim on it or how does that work? No, it would be based on your individual. If you're buying a new house and there's been a few claims on it, that wouldn't affect a future person from getting insurance. I can say that kind of happened to me because in February of 2019, my house burned to the ground. And when I ended up purchasing a new home, I was really worried that my insurance rates were gonna go up and I was wondering if I would even be able to get insurance. So when I changed agents and companies, I was happy to you know, find out that my rates were really very affordable and that fire claim was not held against me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what insurance companies look at is frequency. So if you've had one $1,500 claim and a $250,000 claim, they look at it at the same way, it's one claim. So an insurance company will look at the frequency of claims. So it's better actually to have one $400,000 claim than two $2,000 claims. Gosh, I wish it would have been a $400,000. Doggone it. But back to my question about the roof mm-hmm. and the concrete and so forth. Tell us a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah, roof claims, there's quite a bit of hail that happens in this area. So depending on the age of the roof, an insurance company can reduce the coverage from replacement cost or buying yourself a new roof versus what's called actual cash value, which is a depreciated amount. So they wouldn't pay a full claim on an old roof if it's over 20 years old or so. So that's how you determine it? You don't have a roofer go out and look at it or say, oh gosh, there's only two years left of life on this roof or something, how does that work? Yeah, you'd have to look at, when an agent writes a policy, you'd have to look at the policy, but it should show either replacement cost or actual cash value. If it's replacement cost, it's coverage for a new roof. If it's actual cash value on the roof, they can depreciate on the claim. Okay, so we're talking about claims. So how does the claim process work? So my house, let's say, gets struck by lightning, I've got a hole in my roof now. What's my next step? Yeah, your first step is to stop further loss. So to get somebody out there, put a tarp over it, mediate any loss, and your policy would cover to mediate any further losses. After that, what happens is you would need a contractor to go out and get an estimate on what it would cost to uh, either replace your roof or fix your loss. And so you would get an estimate from a contractor. And then the insurance company, they look at the estimate, make sure that they agree with it, it's legitimate. And then they take the estimate less your deductible. So if you have thousand dollar deductible in your claim the estimates 20,000 then they would pay 19,000 for the claim in one of our earlier podcasts we were talking about FICO scores does that mm. matter here with insurance as well we don't look at a number like your FICO score there is an insurance score we oh, don't I, I didn't know that yep 
every company's different. Some don't put a lot of emphasis on it. Some put a lot of emphasis on it and the rates really determined on their insurance score. It doesn't show up as a, like an 800 or a 700 score, but they look at revolving credit. They look at different factors. Every company looks at different factors in developing what they call an insurance score. Would your claims be attached to that? Like if I had 10 claims in a year or mm-hmm. five years, would that bring my, my insurance score down? Yeah, there's a lot of factors. Your insurance score is one factor. Your claims history would be a separate factor. Okay. What's a good insurance score? Yeah, so every company does different numbers. We have one carrier that goes one through 14, and so one would be a good score. We have other companies that do like a 700 would be a good score. Every company has different tiers. So or it's numbers. kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Okay. It, it's not like FICO where you have sure. a 750 score. Now, we're talking about the claims process, and I guess that leads me into what does home insurance cover? Mm. I think sometimes people don't know the boundaries of what it covers. So can you break that down? Yeah. The, the main thing it's going to cover is your dwelling, so your house. And what insurance looks at is what it would cost to rebuild the house. So not what the, the value is, the, the appraisal of it. But if you had to rebuild a new house, what it would cost to rebuild brand new. So your, your dwelling, then you have uh, other structures, which would be a shed, a fence, a pool, anything detached from the home. The third component, which would be coverage C, would be your personal property. So all your contents on the inside. And then you have additional living expenses. So if you had to move out because there was a fire, it pays your additional living expenses to live somewhere else. And then liability. So if someone's injured on your property, Tyler's playing golf, he hits a golf ball, it hits somebody else. Which is very, very likely. Yeah. That sounds like Joel has seen me golf. So that's (laughs) four. (laughs) Yeah. So bodily injury, property damage that you're liable for on-premise, off-premise your personal liability on your home insurance would cover that. Okay, so you mentioned structures that are not my main dwellings, like mm-hmm. a shed or a pool. Mm-hmm. What about like a grinder or a septic or a well? Mm-hmm. Yep. That, those covered? Those would be covered. Okay. And usually they're 10% of your dwelling covered. Your house is insured at 300000 You'd have 10% or 30000 for other structures automatic. Gotcha. What's your question, Mother? Joel. Yes. You said replacement value. Mm-hmm. How are you coming up with that price? Because right now with, mm-hmm. you know, new home construction is very expensive right now. Lumber is very expensive. How are you coming up with those numbers for the rebuild? Yeah. So what we have is a replacement cost estimator. And so it'll look at the number of stories, how many square feet, number of bathrooms. And then there's levels. You have custom, you have builder's grade, you have the highest would be designer grade. So there's different levels of the interior finish that you can pick from. What a home insurance policy also has is an inflation guard, which depending on the company or the policy, you should have at least 25% above your coverage if it would cost more to rebuild the house. Some policies have what's called guaranteed replacement cost. So let's say you insure it for 500000 but it would actually cost 800000 to rebuild. The policy will rebuild it for eight hundred. If you have 
guaranteed replacement cost on the policy. Does that cost more? It does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Typically, what is that? Is it so much per thousand or per square footage, or how does that work? Yeah, it depends on the company, but it might be fifty to seventy-five dollars a year more for that. Speaking of my amazing golf game that Joel mentioned, <laughs> excuse me, why I yawn? <laughs> <laughs> is home insurance more if you live in a place with hazardous things? Like if I live on a golf course and I'm by someone like myself who's going to take a window out, mm-hmm. it was my home insurance higher than typical. It's not. Yeah, it's because the golf course is private property, it's next to your house. The golf course, they have their own insurance. Your home insurance doesn't look at the golf course in determining your rate. Although your likelihood of somebody hitting your window with a golf ball is higher, of course. <laughs> so you do have more exposure. Yeah. But an insurance company, I've never seen them say, you're next to a golf course, your rate's going to be higher because you're next to a golf course. Now with pools. Trampolines. You, yes. Yep. Trampolines are big. Yeah. Yep. So pools. And bouncy. Uh-huh. Pools, insurance companies, they do look at that. They will charge additional premium if you have a pool. And then even more premium if you have a diving board or a slide. If you have a friend over, they're injured jumping off the diving board because it's your property, your liability comes into and play. And that's why you need a, an umbrella policy. Mm, yeah. mm, that's a great segue. Joel, what's an umbrella policy? Yeah. An and um- why do we need one? An umbrella policy is additional liability coverage. So your basic home insurance, it has a limit. Let's say it's a half a million dollars, a $500,000 limit. And then you have your auto policy, which also has a limit. And that auto policy might have a $500,000 limit. I want to pause real quick and yeah. say, Joel also does auto insurance. That's right. Too. That's so right. just want to throw that little plug does out Does he do there. life insurance too? We do. Oh, yeah. there we go. Life yeah. insurance auto too. Auto business. All insurance, and I would life. imagine. Health insurance, we stay away from that. Oh. Beast. Yep. Auto home business insurance. life. Okay. Yeah. So an umbrella policy, it basically is more liability on top of your auto and home insurance in case of a catastrophe type accident. So does it go to the umbrella policy first and then go to your homeowners or how does that exactly work? Yeah, it would go to your home first or your auto first. They're your underlying limits and then your umbrella's additional coverage on top of that. So the more coverage you have, the better protected your assets are in case, God forbid, a, a really bad accident. And attorneys, they're going to look for money if there's a bad occurrence. And so an umbrella is more coverage to protect assets. I would think so, even if you had that child who was just getting ready to drive, you know, they're going to pull out in front of someone or whatever, they're not that experienced yet. I think that would be a great uh, policy to have mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's not if, it's when young drivers have accidents. If you look at the actuaries, look at claims, young drivers, 21 and younger, and then uh, individuals 75 and over, their claim experience is just a lot higher than other people. So let me ask this question. A new home is more expensive, right? Typically more expensive, but less repairs, less things can go wrong. Older home is less expensive overall, typically but more possibilities for things to go wrong, which is less expensive to insure. Mm -hmm. New homes, by far. 
you got new homes, you got new roof, new furnace, your plumbing is new, wiring's new, you have a lot less likelihood that something may happen. A home that's built in 1920, the plumbing's older, the wiring's older, sometimes the roof, depending on the year of it, there's plaster walls. So there's just a lot of differences, an old home and a new home, but a new home is gonna be a lot less expensive than an older home. Let's say I have a big dog. Mm-hmm. What happens there? Mm-hmm. Or is it any type of animals? You know, we think a about tiger, like Tiger King. I bet his insurance was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, is it just primarily with dogs, or could it be other animals? Mm-hmm. You know, python. I don't know. Polar yeah. bear. Who wait? Who, who wins in a fight? Michael Yoder and I have been having this debate for years. That's the guy who does our podcast stuff, you guys' opinion. Polar bear versus a tiger. Who wins? A Siberian tiger. It's tough. My daughter just did a she's in second grade, but she just she just did a PowerPoint presentation on polar bears. Okay. And I have to go with the polar bear. Really? Oh yeah. Well, well tell me why. Um, they devour carcasses. Okay. They devour wild animals. They're in the wild like I would not want to mess with a polar bear. Like, of all the bears, that would be one that you don't want to mess around with. What are your thoughts? What my thoughts are is I have a son who's going to be 35 years old, and he's wondering what a second critter (laughs) just found out. So I think you've been wasting a lot of time. No, no, it's a good debate. (laughs) Okay, we'll debate it some other time. So we're back to breeds of animals and things like that. Let's get this. No, hold on. I need an answer. What? Don't don't just skim over this. Okay. I need I need polar bear. Michael's gonna appreciate this. Polar bear or Siberian tiger. Polar bear weighs about what fourteen hundred pounds. Seven fifty to twelve fifty. But a tiger is six hundred and fifty pounds and can run and it's really quick. It's polar, a cat. Polar bears can go twenty five miles an hour. But quick and fast, two different things. I'm still team tiger. You and I always do the opposite, so I'm going to go polar bear. Okay, fine. Two two counts for polar bear. What, what do I get? Who's going to decide this? There's no deciding. It's just an <laughs> endless debate. Oh, gosh, I was thinking I could get. Like, I think my... we. I think Michael and I first had this debate like in 2000. I want to say like seven. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, let's go. Dogs. Dogs. Animal breeds. Polar bears. Yeah, so your home insurance has personal liability coverage. So if your dog or animal bites somebody else, there's liability coverage for animal bites. There are certain breeds of animals that dogs especially that insurance companies want to stay away from. So it depends on the insurance carrier, but yeah, some insurance companies don't like certain breeds of of dogs. So that's where earlier in this uh podcast you talked about have you ever dropped a client that could be one of the reasons Mm -hmm. if they've gone and went and got one of these breeds of dogs that you're not going to insure Mm -hmm. yep yeah you'd have to look at the policy but some policies exclude like a rottweiler yeah pitbull there's certain breeds that some policies exclude so you really have to look at the policy let's kind of change gears a little bit here renter's insurance Can you kind of explain what that is, why that's important for people who are listening that might be renting? Yeah. Renter's insurance is going to cover your contents. So if there's a a fire, it's going to cover your your personal property. Usually your apartment complex. We send a lot of certificates of insurance to apartment complex uh, showing that the renter has liability insurance. 
And liability is, yeah, if you set a fire and it, it burns down the whole apartment complex, then the apartment complex, they're going to come back on your, your liability. So that's why the, the apartment complex wants liability coverage. And usually they want at least 300, somewhat up to half a million of, of liability coverage from a renter's policy. One of the things that I have learned from having a fire is making sure that you have enough contents. It was amazing because, you know, I had probably 50 years worth of personal things in my home, and what I had to cover me wasn't enough. To, I mean, you're talking 50 years of, you know, am I ever going to, you know, use this rice steamer? But I had it. Sometimes when you don't have enough contents, you have to start eliminating, you know, what what you really need and what you don't need. And when you've accumulated a lot of stuff over the years, you might want to look at your contents, and that'd be something that you could call Joel about and just see, hey, am I properly insured? I think a lot of times selling real estate, people will go start shopping for a quote. And a lot of times they don't really know what all they're getting. And so they just look at the bottom dollar and they'll go, oh gosh, I only have to pay $800 a year for this policy. And they really need to have somebody break it down. Okay, what is the replacement cost? Because if you did have a fire, God forbid, I never thought I'd have a fire. And when that happened, trying to figure out how much am I getting for my house? And I happened to live on a well and a septic at the time and what's covered and landscaping. I mean, things you don't even think about. But back to the contents, I had purchased an insurance policy through Joel and just this year when it renewed, we rediscussed what I felt comfortable with and what his suggestions were on should I move up my contents? Am I still properly insured? We talked about the cost of the home because to duplicate my house would be more than what I paid for it now. So, And I wanted to talk to him because of his cost adjustment on what a home would cost. And that's why I think that's really important to have someone that you really trust as your insurance agent that you can sit down and go, hey, is this what I need? Is this not what I need? Because sometimes people will add riders on that you don't need. Because I had found out, you know, I had a person who was selling their home and he was getting new insurance and here he had been paying for a basement rider and he was on a slap. So I think it's important that, A, you trust your insurance agent, but you go through it and you really know what you're paying on your policy. That makes me think of two follow-up questions. One, I've always been told that a little trick of the trade with the content stuff is every once in a while just take a picture of different rooms, right? Mm -hmm. Upload those to the cloud so you have them. You learned that from me after I had the fire because I didn't have any of that. Maybe. (laughs) Give me some credit. I don't remember where I came from. I lost everything. Give me some credit. (laughs) (laughs) So every once in a while, just take a snapshot of your living room, bedroom, you know, what are all your rooms and save them in the cloud somewhere so they're good reference points. It makes it easy to, A, prove you have those items or have those items, and B, it's easier to remember to make your list Mm because... When mom did have her fire, that list to go through, it took a really, Mm. really long time. And it was difficult to do. Very Um, emotional. You forget. And you have to mm -hmm. walk through. And I'm walking through going, oh, yeah, I had that. And even now, almost two years, I'll still go, I'll be shopping. Mm. Oh, you know, I already have that. And I get home. Oh, that's when I had the fire. I don't have that any longer. Mm. Or I'll remember something that I didn't put down on the paper. So it is important to video, open up doors, drawers, closets, take pictures, whatever you think is most important. And if you have some really expensive items, I think there's something you can do about that. Isn't there, Mm. Joel? Yeah, like jewelry is 
probably the biggest one that we see our clients specifically schedule. And so if you have jewelry, fine arts, furs, guns, those are items that you can specifically schedule on your policy. If you don't specifically schedule them, there's limits on the policy. It depends on the company, but some like have a $3,000 limit or a $2,000 limit for those items. So jewelry would probably be the biggest one that you really need to schedule on your, your What does schedule mean? Yeah, basically it, it, you're individually listing that piece on your policy. It's a rider and it's gonna have a description of it and then a value to it. There's also no deductible when you specifically schedule. And there's more coverage if you lost it, if it fell off your hand when you were swimming, went down a drain, yeah, you just lost it. There's more coverage when you specifically schedule on a policy. Who determines the price on that? Do you have to get an appraisal or something? Yeah. Yep, and it depends on the value of it. Depends on the company, but most if it's over fifteen thousand, then you have to have an appraisal within three years. Of, Every three years? Yeah. It and it depends on the company. We have one company that doesn't require that. We have some that if it's over 15, you have to get an appraisal every three years. Yeah. Well, and another thing that, and it was the second part of my two points, with your fire, it wasn't the greatest experience for you on the insurance side, right? Not just the fire, but the whole process didn't have a lot of help. And I think that that goes into, what do you recommend for someone who's shopping for home insurance? What do you look for in an agent? What are the key things they need to have? independent, trusted, and local. Those are our three qualities that we we strive for. We know Fort Wayne, we know the people, we know the contractors here, we know the body shops here, if you have an accident or a house clean. So we're we're familiar with Fort Wayne, we're not an 800 number where you're talking to a different person every single time that you call. We've been in business for over 90 years, so we're not a fly-by-night company. We look at the long-term, so we've developed trust within the community, being in business for over 90 years. Well, I'll say from experience, it is, it is helpful being able to just shoot Joel a text. If I've got an insurance question, I can just shoot Joel a text and he gets back to me relatively quickly and I've got my answer. I don't have to wait on hold. And it's Joel every time. I'm not having to talk like he said to different people. I do find that very comforting in knowing that if I need something, I talk to Joel, Joel's got it. Well, I didn't know Joel personally. Tyler referred him to me, and quite honestly, after my fire, I shopped around. And to be honest, I shopped Joel around again when I had my renewal, and he still had really good rates and was treating me absolutely wonderful. I think there's no reason that you can't shop your rates once a year, but I think when you have that trusted person, they are watching your back. And I think the thing that it's nice, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but having many companies underneath your belt, if you see that one's going up, you can move them to another company. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. We're independent, so we're not tied down to one carrier. Like an Allstate or a State Farm, that's their only product that they have. As an independent, we have lots of companies that we can look at for our clients. So if I'm client John Smith out there, mm-hmm. okay, and I've been with... ABC. ABC Insurance for a while. What would be some signs of maybe it's time to start to shop around a little bit? Yeah, as far as rate, of course, people look at rate, which is understandable. We're firm believers, though, being in the industry that you pay for what you get. So when you shop, 
the deductible, you know, you might get a quote for $100 less, but the deductible is 2500 instead of your current policy of 1000 Yeah, we're, we're firm believers in you, you pay for what you get. And so a policy, there's a lot of differences between every policy. And as an agent, we understand those differences. If you call an 800 number, you're probably just going to get that product. But as an independent, we have a lot of companies that we can represent, but we also know that there's differences between all those companies. So we'll ask this question. Mm-hmm. What are some unique things that you've maybe encountered over the years that had to be insured? I mean, you don't have to be super specific or give anything away, but yeah. what are some things that kind of stick out into your mind? Yeah, we had um, an insured that had a $650,000 ring that we insured. So we've had some jewelry that it's more of an asset. It's not just a, a uh, moment from from their husband, but it's an asset for them. Mm-hmm. And so we're insuring an asset for this individual. Joel, mm-hmm. sometimes buyers will be looking at properties and they'll say, you need flood insurance. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? And also, I've had people ask me, am I going to need flood insurance if I live on a lake? or if I have a pool, or if there is a crick behind me? What are some of your thoughts and questions to that? Did you yeah. say crick? I know, creek. That was Where are you from? Minnesota. Oh All of a sudden it came out of a crick <laughs> on the reef. Um, I'll read. No, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. Creek. <laughs> yeah, so there's different flood zones. They're called firm zones. And so they might be X, XY. FEMA kind of sets boundaries as far as where those flood zones are. If it's close to a river or, or lake, a lot of times those are in flood zones. Not all the time, but we have some lake properties that are in flood zones, some that are not. But basically, flood insurance is a separate policy. It's not a part of your home insurance or your hazard insurance. It's a separate policy. And depending on the zone that you're in affects the rate. The government actually sets the rate for flood insurance and then the insurance companies, they abide by that rate. But yeah, it is a separate policy, and depending on what firm zone you're in, it can be pretty inexpensive, or it can be very expensive. In regards to, you keep saying rate, Mm -hmm. and we had Michelle on from VIP Mortgage, and she was talking about interest rates. Is there anything rate-wise in regards to insurance when you keep saying rate? Like the premium? Uh Yeah, like, when, do you have certain rates, or why does homeowners insurance go up, or what determines the cost factors? Yeah, the the rebuilding cost is probably the biggest one. So when rebuilding costs go up, your insurance is based on replacement cost. So the higher the rebuilding cost, the higher the contractor cost to fix your house, the higher the rate. There's natural disasters that, depending on the year, how many hurricanes and the resulting storms that result from those hurricanes can affect insurance companies are they're normally large and so they're not just in Indiana so it might be a natural disaster that comes through and the loss ratios go high and so that affects overall home insurance people in Indiana are paying yeah. for hurricanes yikes that's how insurance works i know i'm just teasing mm-hmm. Fun facts. Anything interesting that you think maybe people don't know or maybe a myth that you want to bust or anything like that that's a little interesting, a little inside scoop? About insurance? Yeah, about homeowners insurance or, or insurance in general. 
Or Tyler's golf game again. We don't, uh, <laughs> Tyler's golf game, it goes right every time. <laughs> so if, if he's aiming like two fairways to the left, it'll I'm still good. be out of bounds to the right. <laughs> so that's probably the one thing I know about Tyler's golf game is it goes straight right. My driver game is awful. <laughs> awful. I need my brother-in-law to teach me. He doesn't have the patience. Uh, anything unique or insightful about insurance? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into rating. It's not just there's your the year of the home, there's your, your limit, there's the claim history, there's your insurance score, there's your coverage. There's a lot that goes into a policy, and it, I think a lot of people will just look at your deductible. If you have a $1,000 deductible, it's going to be more expensive than if it's a $2,500 deductible. There's a lot of factors that go into the actual rating of a policy that a lot of people, you hear uh, an insurance commercial save $300, but a lot of times it's those factors that you just see the end result, like the deductible's different, and that's the reason the rate's different. So that's something we deal with a lot. That's like a while ago, they used to put interest rates, they're so volatile right now they don't, but they used to put interest rates in the newspaper and everyone would get so excited, but what they didn't put in there is what points people paid to get the interest rate Mm -hmm. down or what the true closing costs are. And so sometimes it's a little bit of a misnomer. Hey, Joel, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How long have you been an insurance agent? Was this the first job? I mean, let's get a little bit of your history. Yeah. So I started at Allstate right out of college in 2003. And so I, I worked for Allstate for three years. And then I joined an independent agency called Colligan and Company in 2006. And that's where you are now. Yep, yep. And so now you're an old timer. Yeah. No, a long hauler. That's the a new long. word from what with COVID. He's, he's loyal. Yeah, he's a long hauler. Yeah. So the Colligan Agency we started in 1929. And, and you're old. Yeah. Uh, there's been three generations of owners in it, and uh, Stan Colligan retired in 2016. And so uh, me and my brother took it over in 2016. And why don't you spell that? Because I think a lot of people are thinking yeah. when you say that, they're saying, hey, Culligan, man. But that's not what you're saying. We actually have gotten phone calls about water, water <laughs> a few times. The spelling's different. Yeah. So we're spelled C-O-L-L-I-G-A-N. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. The easiest way is our office number is 260-424-1555. Or my email's joel at colliganandco.com. Go out on our website, colliganandco.com is our website. Get on Facebook or Google us. We have hundreds of reviews. You can look at our reviews online, too. I noticed that Tyler could text him, but he didn't give that number out. I have VIP status. <laughs> he's, he's a oh, special, VIP. We special just, client. I'm VIP. Thanks for coming, Joel. Yeah. Hey, it, if you've got any insurance questions, please feel free to give Joel a call. I'm sure he'd welcome those because there's a lot of things we didn't touch upon because insurance is just so vast. There's so many things. Just, you know, he has homeowners, he has automobile, he has the umbrella policy, which I personally have one, life insurance. There's all kinds of things. So it's not just a one-sided situation. And again, when you're out looking for insurance, just don't look for the most inexpensive or what your yearly payment's going to be. Look at the all the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really yeah, Joel. It. So I'm Tyler Morningstar. My phone number is 260-433-5385. And I'm Carrie Morningstar, 260-410-8294. Feel free to call or text anytime. 
And we do have an email for this podcast. We're big time over here, Joel. Here we go. It is sellingfwpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got questions or suggestions on a guest you want to hear. Please know, no hate hate mail. <laughs> uh, get a hold of me at uh, also the social media. Search Tyler Morningstar. I'll pop up there on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you have any real estate questions, let Carrie or I know. We'd love to uh, serve your real estate needs. I have social media, too. Just because I'm old, you can get a hold of me on hey, social media. fun too. fact. I have a picture to verify this. I was at her house, the one that burnt down, and I came around the corner, and she's looking at the computer screen with a magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to see the words. <laughs> I have a picture of it. It's so nice of my son to throw me <laughs> under the bus. And I've asked, I asked you, I said, has it come to this? <laughs> she turned your head, and you said, yes. It went right back to reading what you were reading. I needed glasses then, and I didn't know it, or I was too vain. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening.